This is Never Lunch Alone, the show that brings on some of the best sellers and marketers in the B2B space to enjoy some delicious food and talk about some tasty sales tips. The show is presented by Noted Analytics. If you're a rep that hates doing CRM data entry or a manager that wants to see more information on team opportunities and pipeline, check us out at notedanalytics.com. Welcome back to Never Lunch Alone. This was a really fun episode. It was the first time we had a panel of experts to talk about the art of the discovery call. Lots of great takeaways on pre-call research, structuring your sales call, and leading your prospect through your sales process. Thanks to Max Tipton, Sierra Chowdhury, and Tom Stearns for making this a great episode. Let's jump in. I'll kick it off. So my name is Matt Walsh. I'm the uh, co-founder and president of Noted Analytics, and uh, today's today's session is brought to you by um, Shake Shack, where we got a burger, fries, and a little uh, malted milkshake that I don't think I've had in probably like eight years. So I'm super excited for this panel and super excited for this lunch as well. Um, Sierra, wanna wanna jump to you? Yes, thank you, Matt. Uh, my name is Sierra, and I am an account executive at Mineral Tree. And I had sabroso for lunch, so should be tapering off here in an hour or two after eating like that. Thank you. Yep. Max? Hey, everybody. Max Tipton with Kong, uh, Enterprise Account Executive here based in, in Boston. And I have a, a nice smoothie here. Been on a smoothie kick lately. <laughs> Throw everything you can in a blender. I'm here to go. So thanks for joining, everybody. Very nice. And Tom? Thanks, Matt. Yep. Uh, Tom Stearns here. I am a sales consultant and I am having a salad uh, from everything I grew in my garden, except for the bacon. I didn't, that doesn't grow in my garden for some reason. <laughs> so I did purchase the bacon, but everything else is right out of the backyard this afternoon. Yeah, very cool, Tom. <laughs> very cool. Uh, a little, uh, little uh, living off the fat of the land, right? Yeah, a little hobby. It's, it's definitely fun. Let's jump into our first topic. So the first topic is going to be on pre-call research, and we'll do a, a little clip just to um, uncover why pre-call research even matters in the first place. They didn't cancel you. You canceled them. You're not aware of this? No, I'm, I'm asking you. You think I got canceled? Are you under the impression I, that I, I got canceled? You, I hurt you, Jerry. B movie Can we get opens. a resume in here for B me? B movie opens Larry tomorrow. Can over? No, I, I... <laughs> There's something about that clip uh, that, that I love, right? It's, uh, I mean, and I've seen it so many times firsthand where just uh, um, you go into a meeting, could be with a customer, could be with a prospect, and, and information that could have been easily looked up or, or, or found uh, isn't, and then you're you're asking uh, maybe 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 silly questions. Um, so you know, curious, Tom, from from your perspective, I know you work with a lot of different companies, uh, work with SDR teams and AE teams. How do you coach the people that you work with? Let, let's say it's a, an enterprise deal on the proper pre-call research that they should do going into a discovery call. Yeah, yeah, and if I could preface that, Matt, with um, like, let's set up the context a little bit, right? So a discovery call is gonna be that 30 minute call that is, you know, 
preset, right? This is not a cold call um, and it's been arranged. Now, context matters, I think, and transactional versus enterprise matters too. Inbound or outbound matters. So it's I don't think approaching the discovery call and the pre-call research and saying one size fits all is uh, exactly right. You know, if you are a uh, an AE team and you're dealing with a huge influx of inbound and you're setting up a discovery call with somebody that wants to meet with you, then the context of that meeting is going to be different. If it's a small transactional uh, uh, discovery call or sale and the discovery call is uh, necessarily not going to be a, as much pre-call research as, say, an uh, enterprise-level uh, outbound arranged discovery call. So in my experience is that if we go in and say, this is exactly you know, what is required of you to run your discovery calls, then we're not, we're not acknowledging that an AE may be doing you know, 12 of these a day um, and then having to prospect on top of that. So I think the context matters, but to answer your question directly is let's take the example of this was a hard meeting to get. It was outbound related meaning an SDR maybe set it up for you. <clears throat> this is a tier one account. So this is an important meeting. Then the level of research I think is, uh, um, is I don't wanna say significant, but you have to have some research, meaning you need to have met with your SDR at least briefly to understand how we got the meeting and what we know already. Uh, ideally, um, if possible, the SDR could have shared a clip um, of a key part of the cold call, or at least if it was uh, an email that got the meeting, you know, some of the context so you can hear what the SDR heard and you can get a sense of the tone. So you're starting that discovery meeting, having a sense of the customer and what they're looking for, having it heard firsthand. I think that's really ideal on the harder meetings to get. And then I like to challenge AEs to be, um, to, to go and find, at least another nugget of, of intel on that customer all by themselves. Like do another le level of research. Um, so I think that's foundational. You gotta come prepared. Um, you wanna have a strategy you need to know a little bit. And some of that is through interaction. Some of that's through your own research. I used Owler uh, to get some, you know, or a firmographic I should say. Um, Siftery, which G2 bought for, for Technographic, LinkedIn, uh, Crunchbase. You know, I think those are some of the places that I, I try and find uh, some information. I think another, another place that is interesting where you can find a lot about a company's process is um, job postings. So mm -hmm. like with us specifically, again, we sell software that connects to people's accounting systems. And by looking at the job postings they have for their accountants, like we need somebody that can print checks and we need somebody that can prepare W-9 statements and stuff like that. You can tell from those, you know, those bullet points that companies are telling you that they do it manually because they have need their hiring for a person to do it. But also in like the sales, um, you know, and if you're selling something that applies to salespeople, looking at their account executive job posting, it will probably tell you what systems they value your familiarity with. Um, so you can go off of that too. 
um, in a perfect world, right? Your calendar's full, your SDR uh, uh, has you with qualified meetings day in, day out, but not always the reality, right? Um, are, you, are you doing prospecting yourself? And if so, what's your approach to pre-call research? Uh, one of the things I did for a Fortune 500 uh, financial services organization is we knew that we were gonna get an opportunity to pitch to the CIO, to the global CIO. And so from there, I wanted to put together messaging that would really um, impress them and you know catch their interest. And so I went onto YouTube and found a bunch of interviews that the, the, the woman, uh, the CIO was, was part of. I literally took a screenshot from the interview with the CIO uh, from a few years ago and took a quote of, of hers and put it on one of the slides. Um, mm. And, you know, one of the quotes is like, you know, this is what I believe the future of our company is, is um, about. And that was from years ago. You know, honestly, I, you know, I think it still was relevant. But ultimately, what we were able to do is show that slide. And she was on it with her whole team. And it got her to talking. Found this really awesome mm -hmm. podcast called uh, Technovation by Meta Strategies. They interview Fortune 500 CIOs, CTOs, um, CDOs for digital, and they publish um, you know these podcasts, these 20 minute podcasts all the time. One of the best podcasts you could follow out there for prospecting. Um, I do this with my podcasts a lot, where I'll, or audiobooks. Like I'll listen at one and a half x, um, and I started doing that with um, YouTube as well. You can, because I mean, sometimes it's like you want to listen to this speaker in their keynote, but 40 minutes later, right, or whatever, whatever it is, and, and duration is kind of hard. But uh, if you run it at, at, at a faster speed, you can kind of get through it, get the key point, get the screenshot. More, more, yeah. most, almost most important. And then you just tell stories. You know, I like to have at least one story ready, because if we're going to have an outbound opportunity, um, you know, I think a big piece of value that a sales rep could bring to the table are stories about what their peers are doing. What are you doing to enable my direct competitor to be better at their job? Mm -hmm. Maybe just give a, you know, a very real story about some of the challenges they face. Um, the best way to do that is through your own stories, through your own calls that you're having. But um, ultimately another version of doing that, there's online research with, with LinkedIn and podcasts, but there's offline. And what I like to do is also speak to a lot of B2B sales folks that sell to the same types of companies to the same people within those companies and validate with them what they might be hearing about uh, the various accounts that I'm going after. Because a lot of times they've already sold into there. So what did you really latch on to to get a $200,000 per year deal um, prioritized? Mm. And so we'll have those conversations. It's good to have a good community there for that offline homework that you need to do as part of the research. Yeah. Uh, that that's great. I mean, peer groups are huge. As I see Christopher Williams joined. I know he has a great sales huddle, peer group uh, network and and, and uh, community of getting people together. Uh, I think it's a good segue into running running that structured call. Where right? you have this information, like now, how, how do you want to run your call? Um, and and when I was going down this this YouTube. Uh, rabbit hole, I should say, of like bad, bad uh, celebrity interviews. I came across this guy. Uh, he's a Canadian, I don't know, like video YouTube, YouTube person, personality called Narwhal. Have you ever heard of him? No. I'm not, no. No, uh, no. I haven't either. Uh, but, but this guy, like I have a clip on what he does. 
he does crazy, crazy research uh, on celebrities, and they, they never really see it coming. And then just the questions that he asks, you see how impressed they are by the knowledge and the depth of the research. And it's, it's just, it, it becomes infectious just watching people's reactions. So to so transition to, uh, to running the structured call, check, check this guy out. Matthew, your manager, is he from Canada? Um, Matt, my tour manager, Matthew, he's, uh, he, yeah, he is Canadian. He's from Edmonton. He was on Unsolved Mysteries? Yes, how do you know that? <laughs> Were you paid to do test focusing with? That's a good question. God, you are really good at this, actually. Thank you, Banyan Productions. Oh my gosh, how do you know all this stuff? Banyan Productions, that's when I was in college. I used to work for this production company. <laughs> right, so it's... I mean, it, it's nuts. Like, there's like uh, these all these different rappers and celebrities and, and all these people, and like you see people's faces. They're like, "All right, you know, what's this goofy guy gonna ask me?" And then they're like, "Ah, like great question." I mean, what when do you hear great question, right? In, in an interview, it's like, "Wow, you're really good at this." I mean, I think that's the aspirational goal is to is, is to is to where we want to be. Um, and you know we don't want to be creepy, right? We don't want to be like, so your third grade best friend was so by uh, AP uh, automation software. It's like you know there's there's definitely a line, but I, I think there's there is a good balance to taking um, that information and and continuing to run with it. With all the discovery calls I do, part of the prep is is you know probably it's an old template. What are the key categories I want to get through, and the act of going through those categories, preparing them so they're available as sort of like reference points and plugging in some of the pre-call research. The act of doing that, at least for me, gets gets my head in the game. You know, what do I know? What do I don't know? What's my strategy? And, uh, you know, what, what am I, what pre-call, what is the, the research I've done? How is it going to help start the conversation and guide it? So, yeah, I'm a fan of like um, kind of a template but then going through the act of framing it up so I can capture notes in that template. But it also activates my brain. So I'll sometimes do that the night before, but then also 15 minutes before run through again. So um, I'm, I'm mentally prepared and I know how I'm using that research. From your perspective, like how do you want want to, to structure the call you, you, you have it set up now you're in your discovery call i mean what's your what's your approach to running an effective discovery call once you uh, once you jump in um first and foremost um probably just making sure that regardless of um, maybe what expectation was set before the discovery call starts that um just the prospect understands that what we're going to accomplish and how we're going to accomplish it so we have at Mineral Street, we get leads from different places, which is sounds nice, but it, it's you, you know it's a lot to manage. Sometimes we have leads from partners, we have leads from banks, we have leads from BDRs, and we have we have leads that come directly on our website that just you know say sign up for a demo. And um, even though that might be the case, um, you can never control really when this lead is coming. Let's say from my counterpart at whatever whatever bank. Um, maybe they're saying like, you're going to get on, she's going to show you the product, it'll be great. These people are coming and maybe they're expecting to be, have kind of sit back and watch this person sell to them and like, you know what I mean, take it, you know what I mean, accommodate to them. And I can't control 
regardless of whether a company comes to me, what they're thinking I should do for them. But I can control um, at that point what they um, what they should expect from me and how they can get the best of that. So what I like to say is like, I know that you're here to kind of review Mineral Tree, just kind of, kind of confirm they're in the right place. And here's what I understand about you so far. Um, so usually what we do on these calls is um, if you could just kind of lay out these things for me, like I talk about their accounts payable process, how they get bills, what their, what their company is like, all this good stuff, have them get them talking and then kind of finish that with saying that once you do that, I'll be able to give you everything that they came for, which is they want to see the product. They want to see the pricing. They want to do all this. So if a call starts at one o'clock, we go through like maybe some banter and then like talking about this, you know, structuring the call for the first 10, 12 minutes. And then after that, kind of getting them to open up a little bit about their process. And then from there, obviously pinching in into um, when they do start talking about something, when they that's very important to obviously your sale, kind of digging into more detail, having them elaborate from there. And very quickly, you'll see that, you know, they start that, they start, you know, talking at 112. And before you know it, it's 147, it's 149 PM. And you have this call only booked for an hour and they have given you everything that you need, but you still have the upper hand because you haven't given them the demo yet. And you can't do it in, the, in 10 minutes. You haven't given them the pricing yet. You haven't given them anything, um, but they have given you everything that you need. And now they have to, in order to get what they want, essentially book another step with you. So booking another step is important, but also <clears throat> cleaning your upper hand as long as possible. Because at the end of the day, I mean, I always tell um, my other colleagues, that, especially the new ones that join Mineral Tree as well, once a prospect has the product information that they need and the pricing, they don't have a reason to keep responding to you or join meetings with you. They will go off on their own. So as much, as much opportunity as you can get to get extract what you need out of there and then obviously give at some point, like obviously at the end of them kind of doing their spiel, I talk about mineral tree in a way that's effective to them, but usually obviously 99% of the time, not on the demo, more so like telling them a story. I really like to talk about other customers I've worked with that may not sound like they're related to that company, but when I talk about their pain and their problem and how our product without even getting into the functionality details helped them, that really lets them leave the discovery call feeling like they're at least, you know, the goal that they came to accomplish, they at least came to the right place. Prior to starting this, we, we had a conversation about asking questions for sure is great. Not not just throwing, uh, showing up and throwing up is, is great, but asking questions that are getting to a purpose. I think of them as leading questions, right? Like, and this goes back to what's your template, what's your framework for the call? is that yeah there's certain questions and you, you you may like have some questions that you riff off of and you definitely want to active listen and react to it but you want to be a little bit like a lawyer and you want to be leading the witness you want to ask the questions that are going to guide them to are we the right fit for them are they the right fit for us um and you know looking at jonathan's uh comment in, in here about um, what are the panel's thoughts on framing the reason for this call is the first step in exploring a partnership is that one plus years set the anchor that is not just about the pricing and features. Yeah, I think that's part of it. Like I, you know, I, I'm going to ask you some questions to understand if this is the right long-term fit, set that. But yeah, I think you need to have uh, deliberate, a deliberate questioning strategy 
uh, that's going to, to lead to qualification or disqualification on that call. Doing a demo is the time where we are giving, we're not getting. And it's not that I'm completely selfish person, but in order for us to win deals, we need to get more than we can give. Um, and there's a very short period of time to get. And that is when you have all the power, when the prospect doesn't have the demo and the prospect doesn't have the pricing. So that's a lot of the reason that even, you know, there's lots of people that say that discovery happens as you push your sales process along, which is very true, but there's only specific parts um, that you can get on the first call, which is after, after that, after you've done your demo, um, it's, it's a lot harder to ask. Like, so what's your pain point? What's like, do, do they really need to elaborate on that? No, because they've gotten what they need. You know what I mean? That at that point you have less and less, you have less and less time and power to get what you need. So as much as I can avoid doing demos for companies that frankly are just not going to be a good fit for us, I will, but it's also framing it in a way where it's like, I'm so happy to, I always say this, which is I'm so happy to review the product with you and everything that you need, but it's just not going to be that valuable to you to do so because there's just so many different ways that you can use mineral tree depending on your process. And in order for us to make the best use of your one hour, um, we should do it this way. And probably 99% of the time that works. There's always that 1% that's like, I want to see the demo. I'm done. With <laughs> that's okay. You have to adapt to that type of sales process too. You got to read it. Read it but for the most part, I think, um, the type of sale, especially since it looks like there's a lot of people here on an enterprise sale, I think your prospect should come well prepared for that and expect it as well. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in, in hearing us talk about this, it made me think of, I know John Barris talks about this concept of, of gives and gets, right? I think somebody really smart commented on this. Oh yeah, it looks like they did. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> um, no, but uh, it, it's, there is this concept that gives and gets, right? But but it's also showing it. Um, so ideally, it's in equilibrium. If if you start like doing the demo, sharing pricing, doing all these things, now now you're out of equilibrium, and the customer has all the power. Um, if you spend that call asking a million questions, then it's slain the other way, and the customer's like, why would I even sign up for a second call if I'm just going to get interrogated again? Right. Um, I remember one time when I was like doing some. Uh, initial discovery or just research on on before starting Node Analytics, I called up a friend and I was asking all these questions. He's like, "Wow, I feel like this is like an interview." I'm like, "Oh crap, you know, it's like too much, too much. Need to need to dial it down uh, a bit." But that, that was good feedback. Want to jump into the the topic of a um, you know having clear and defined next step. So. When I, when I was thinking about this, this this scene from this movie immediately jumped into my mind. I, I hope I hope it resonates. But um, this is an example of of not a a clear or unawkward um, departure from uh, from a conversation. I'm not worried at all. All right. Well, thank you for the pen. Yeah. No problem. Bye. Bye. Bye, Evan. <laughs> I love that, right? It's like, well, bye, see you later. It's like, oh, well, in the same direction. So should I just pretend to go the other way? Or, you know? um, but, but yeah, I mean, if you're not qualifying out, if, if you're not in both sides of it, understanding if, if it makes kind of sense, sometimes a call could be like, well, 
okay, so so what what do we, what do, we do now, <laughs> right? Um, and and Tom, when when you and I were catching up, even prior to talking about this for a session, we uh, I, I, you had a good framework, right? It was like recap and then sudden accepts. I, I I liked your approach to to bringing these calls to a to a close. I wonder if you want to elaborate a little bit on on what you've seen and what you coach people to do. Uh, sure. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, time management. You got to leave enough time for this. Uh, so if you run out of time and you can't talk about next steps, then you put yourself a bit in the pickle, right? You've lost just uh, the, uh, Hey, I got up, up, up. Thumbs up. A, 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 a food pond, food reference. Yeah, finally, yes, got one. Um, <laughs> yeah, because then, you, then now you're back to email and you lose total control. So, you know, uh, just leaving enough time is important. But then, you know, the, um, the customer uh, has probably shared a lot at this point. And it's a good idea to show that you understood that. So the recap, um, rephrasing what they said, you know, summing it all up like, okay, this is what I heard is going to create empathy. They're going to feel like, okay, they got me. And then the, is there anything I, I missed in this? And now the next step. So uh, what we should do next is let's set up that demo that you need. Let's who needs to, to be brought in, like just, set the, the stage for what is going to happen next lock it in if possible it's kind of nuts and bolts project management uh and then uh the the overtime tactic of you got agreement to the next step now you can throw in a, a difficult question that you forgot to ask earlier um and uh over time yeah it, uh, Overtime is that uh, some, uh, I posted about this recently, and a lot of people said that's the Colombo technique. You know? <laughs> and you know, most most of us are much too young to remember Colombo. Um, but this is the oh, one more thing, right? So the the psychology of the end of that meeting is that okay, we're all done, we're all wrapped up, we've set the next meeting, it's uh, on to the next thing, and the uh, the hey, one more thing, the customer is like likely going to answer that next more difficult question or the thing you forgot. It's that aha moment. Like I want to get one more thing that is really like not comfortable asking over time's a good opportunity to do that. So basically time is over. You feel like you're done. I'm ready to move on. And then you're hit with like, Oh, Hey, one more thing. Um, you know, I assume you've got a million dollars that you can sign a check tomorrow. So do you think it could be something could be like, uh, like timeline like i feel like sometimes that's a question that obviously you want to be really careful with asking earlier because it's like it might come off as i don't want to do this call with you if you're not going to buy from me in the next two months if you ask like so when are you looking to move forward but something i could see that as like a really good overtime question that i personally sometimes shy away from asking initially that would be really valuable which is so one last question, just so I can uh, make sure we have everything wrapped here up here. You know, assuming that we obviously get through the demo and um, pricing and everything looks good from your end, when would you guys like to obviously have something in place? And then also from there, um, letting them talk, but then also saying like when they say what everybody wants to hear, which is, yeah, when we find something within the next 30 days, we'll be ready to pull the trigger, which everybody wants to hear, but we all know is not obviously the case all the time, um, bringing up things that you have seen that have impacted you closing a deal before that um, have come up, like 
for our customers because we sell to CFOs and controllers. It's their year end, it's their audit, it's their migration to a new accounting system. Like they just looked at all these tools and they decided they're going to move off of QuickBooks to NetSuite. So just talking about like, okay, so that's great. Um, you guys want to move forward in the next, you know, 60 days or so. So, um, you know, I know that a lot of things that kind of tie up our customers, you know, from time to time is their audits and their, their um, transition to whatever process, something like that, asking about that upfront. So that way you don't have to find out about it later because that very well could be a reason that they want to move forward with you, but they can't at, according to the time or they didn't think of it until later but just getting it out on the table. So that way it's something that they is that is top of mind for both you and them as you continue through the sales process. Yeah, yeah. Great, great examples there. And that comes with being prepared too, right? If you've got that, those list of questions, hey, I wanna get a compelling event. I wanna know what the, their fiscal, the, when they gotta make these decisions and you know the tone is not right earlier. And then you wrap up having that kind of look over to the side and be like, oh yeah, I've got three of those hard to ask questions over time psychologically is going to be a better chance to get an answer to them. Um, I, I did see a, a question from Ryan in the comments. So he asked if you suggest going through the buyer buying evaluation process during that discovery call. So are you I, do, I think that requires some, you know, situational awareness. You don't want to make any assumptions and jump into, uh, you know, put the, the car before the, the horse, so I think you need to keep your, you know, just stay listening and, and see if it is something that you feel is um, open to pursuit around the buying process. Ultimately, you know, during those initial inbound calls, you want to figure out why they want to change. Um, you know, why do they want to do this? What will it mean if they're able to, you know, what happens if they don't change, right? What are the consequences of that? And then why now? Like, how come you haven't already done this? Uh, what's stopping you? Right. And so those are like the, the kind of the three pillars I like to get out of an inbound call on top of the other goodness that you can ask about. And based on some of those responses, you can really determine whether or not it's a good time to say, OK, it sounds like you're pretty serious about, you know, moving forward with next steps. Is that you know fair? Uh, yes. You know, get them to agree. And that's when you can talk to them about what your process looks like, because ultimately you want them to go forward with your process. You don't want to be locked into a, you know, some of the buyer process. I, I find a lot of scenarios where um, folks need to be led down a, a path. And if you run a tight process, you demonstrate that you've done this before and they uh, kind of trust you and, and take your lead. You need to be leaders on these calls um, and, and in these long-term evaluations when you're selling, you know, uh, six figure plus type of deals. And so, uh, you know, if you're able to earn their, you know, their trust and, and uh, you know, take leadership of that evaluation process, um, I think that, uh, you know, a lot of times that, you know, they, they follow behind. I think, you know, one thing I like to do as well around some of that upfront contract is, you know, I would, I'd be working on these deals and they go, they get sidetracked, you know, four, three months into it. Um, and it's hard to then, you know, having a, have a difficult conversation with the prospect because you didn't set expectations early and mm. I'm heading into it. So the, the sale that I have is, you know, very involved. We'll, we'll install the software right on their infrastructure, you know, help them, um, you know, with, with that eval that, that requires weekly scrums and we'll do this for 30 days. So if we agree to do something like this, provide free software and a lot of consulting around it, we have to be very sure that 
this is a committed type of uh, buyer. And so one of the things that I'll have early before we get to that proof of concept phase, a discussion I'll have with them is I'll say, listen, you know, here's what you can expect from me. I'm going to be on time. I'm going to be responsive. I'm going to provide the resources that you need to properly evaluate. I'm going to bring the people in from our side that are going to help you answer the questions and provide you a vision and a strategy. And here's what I expect from you, right? Sometimes we're going to get off track. Sometimes, you know, I, you know, we're going to, like Chris Williams would say, I need to be a, you know, I'm going to be your mountain guide here. Sometimes we're going to get off track. You guys have a full-time job, right? What I would expect from you is that you would just let me know, right? Just let me know if we're off track. Let me know if you need a little bit of time um, and that you're okay with following the process. Um, and if we do get off track that I can, you know, um, you know, bring that up and say, you know, get, get your support and bringing things back to, you know, back, bring the tanker back to course. So I think having a lot of that um, early, maybe not on the initial discovery call, but once you do, you know, are a little bit more comfortable with your prospect is having that discussion. Um, and I think it demonstrates uh, to them that you're, you know, serious about this and that you've done it before. And, uh, you know, a lot of times it gives you that card to, you know, call them out if, if uh, things do get off track in the future because those expectations were set. Yeah, uh, a great point, Max. Uh, one thing I would, I would add too, and when you're setting that expectation, it's like, here's what I'm going to deliver and here's what I can expect of you. Um, I've also heard it be a good time to introduce how do they want to be engaged? Should I send you an email? Can I text you a phone call? And um, it could be a great way to get that number if you haven't had it or just learn what their uh, preferred communication medium is. That, that, that's a good way. Because I, I know sometimes I'm like, oh, I want to follow up with that person. I'm like, ah, crap, I don't have their number. And I don't want to like now get it from uh, a, a tool. And it's like, clearly I you know, researched that and they purposely kind of didn't have in their email signature and, and stuff like that. So. <laughs> 